Welcome to another edition of the Go Knows Podcast. I'm your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not a insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me and my opinion. Other information comes from the internet. Today is July 16th, 2020. I got about five different segments here for this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Lead off segment for this episode is the or it's entitled, excuse me. What is the Stafford Act? All right. The Stafford Act, Disaster Relief and Emergency Assistance Act in a 1998 United States federal law designed to bring an orderly and systematic means of federal natural disaster assistance for state and local governments in carrying out their responsibilities to aid citizens. <clears throat> um, a relative has sent me a thing on um, Facebook Messenger with saying that the government was going to enact the uh, Stafford Act. And it's going to be for two weeks. Um, I don't know how that would exactly work with uh, quote unquote um, essential workers. But um, it's, uh, you know, is this like martial law? Because that's what it would feel like to me. Um It's just, it's just crazy the times that we're in right now, man. Um, you know, I listen to uh, Trump's, and I, this isn't a political show, but I just thought talking about this Stafford Act was very important. Now, if I come across an issue that I deem important, I'm going to say something about it, but um. 99.5% of this show is going to be sports, man, because it's therapy for me. <clears throat> I'm I'm hoping that if when people listen to this show, it's therapy for them. You know, I hope that I can just give you 15 to 20 minutes of, you know, escape from whatever is going on in your life. I know that's what this does for me. Um, but getting back on the Stafford Act. I mean, basically, from what I read, they're going to lock down the country for two weeks. And this is allegedly they're going to lock down the country for two weeks, try to get a hold on this COVID-19 thing and, you know, see what happens. But, you know, just everything that I've researched on the Internet, no respiratory or flu like virus is supposed to be able to survive in this humidity and heat, especially in the southeast, you know, one of the hottest places on Earth at, in this time, you know, July and August. There's no you can't tell me that there's a, a, a flu and respiratory virus out there just floating around airborne. Now, maybe it can go person to person to person in close proximity. I, I can I can get up with that, but. Just, you know, outside, I, I just can't believe it. I can't. <laughs> it's too hot. 
Um, so uh, let me know what you think about the Stafford Act. Um, do you think it's martial law or just give me your opinion on it? All right. We're going to get into sports now. All right. The next segment is entitled. How much do fans really mean to sports? And I've done something similar to this. I don't know if it was last month or the month before that. We're going to find out real quick what fans mean to sports. Um, I watched uh, Usman and Masvidal, um, the highlights, and it was just it was just so eerie, eerie, that big-time MMA match, and there was no fans. It, it was just crazy. Um, so I can only imagine when there's like football, basketball, and there's no f- baseball, and there's no fans. I mean, it just, the crowd is just, you know, it just brings so much life to any sport. You know, it's it's kind of crazy. I don't watch WWE like I used to, maybe just 10 years ago. Because um, I think wrestling is whack now. But, um, you know, just, just watching um, just, just some of the highlights here and there. Occasionally, I will flip it on and watch about five minutes, but. Just to just to see wrestling without any fans, that's just crazy to me. Because fans is the lifeblood of sports. And um You know, I think it's gonna be you know, home field advantage really is not gonna mean anything this year in in football or basketball or baseball. Isn't there's no such thing as home field advantage this year. You know, you, you're not going to have your crowd out there pumping up uh, your team or making it hard for the other team to to run their whatever, defense, offense, whatever. Um, so, I, I don't know, man. Um. You know, they said that uh, some company has made significant progress with the vaccine. I don't trust vaccines. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, so let me know what you think about this segment. Uh, next segment. Quality offensive linemen or quality skill position players? Which do I prefer? Um, I've said many, 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 many times on this show, on this podcast, you build your team inside out. So especially in pro football, you try to assemble the best offensive and defensive lines that you can. And then every, every other position you can get, I mean, you can go undrafted free agents you give me elite offensive line, elite defensive line, and I'll fill the rest of the positions with undrafted players, and we'll win at least 10 games in the NFL, at least. 
because history has shown it's harder to find good offensive and defensive linemen than skill position players. I mean, you've had undrafted quarterbacks, you know, make it to the Super Bowl. You've had undrafted wide receivers go into the Hall of Fame. You've had undrafted running backs go into the Hall of Fame. So, um, but rarely, rarely do you see like a guy that is undrafted come out and get 20 sacks in a season. Um, rarely do you see a dominant offensive lineman that goes undrafted. Rarely. So, you know, if, if you if you're going to, you know, back me into a corner and say which would I which do I prefer, I'm gonna take the quality um lineman. Offensive and defensive lineman, man. <clears throat> That's what I'm gonna take. Cause I just don't you know, it's great to have you know, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. It's great to have those guys. But if you can't protect them so they can make, you know, those pretty throws, it's a moot point. You know, case in point, Dak Prescott. I think he I don't think he's a good quarterback. And I think Dallas would be better off, you know, just doing that one year franchise tag on him. And do that year to year to year until you're just like, okay, we can't do this anymore. But the whole time, you can draft you can draft some young quarterbacks and develop. Because the last, I don't know, three or four years, Dallas has had the best offensive line in football. And that's partly that's partly what has made Dak Prescott look as good as he looks. If you put Dak Prescott I don't know, with the Bengals or the Dolphins or, you know, just a team that doesn't have a good offensive line, I don't think you get the same quarterback. I, I really don't. Um, but, yeah, I'm picking, I'm picking offensive line over skill position players any day. I mean, unless it's like, I don't know, John Elway or Calvin Johnson or just a can't miss, can't miss prospect. But if like Orlando Pace or Walter Jones is there, I'm, I'm taking them. Because rarely do you find offensive tackles of that caliber. Um, so let me know what you think about that segment. All right. Next segment. Florida State being a fragile program, 2020 will test them. I mean, no doubt. I mean, if everything was perfect, if there was no COVID-19 and, you know, everything was just going to go like like it has for years and years in the past, I mean, Florida State is still a fragile program, a fragile football team. They've been through, this is their third head coach, okay, in four years. Or three years, three or four years. I'm not. I, I I'm. I done lost track of it. So you still got a lot of Jimbo Fisher and Willie Taggart guys on this roster. 
And, um, you know, I'm just glad we didn't have a mass exodus when Norvell took over. But, and, and the whole fiasco with the George Floyd situation didn't help things either. I mean, we, we just have to, uh, we just have to get out there and win games, man. And the ACC is going to make a decision whether they're going to just do all ACC games for uh, this particular season. And I think that it, it, it doesn't bode well for Florida. Well, uh, our non-conferences, West Virginia, Boise State, Sanford, and I forget who the other team was. Um, but at any rate, um, you know, I don't know if, uh, going all ACC is really beneficial to them. I'm looking up the schedule now. Sanford, West Virginia, Boise State, um, Let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And Florida. How could I forget the Florida Gators? Um, But I, I think the SEC and the ACC, I hope, I'm hoping, man, that they come to some kind of agreement where they play each other because you're talking about South Carolina, Clemson, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State, Louisville, Kentucky. I mean, just all kinds of rivalries all over the place. Um, so I'm just hoping that they can come to some kind of agreement to where they can still have those rivalry games because it's really still all Southeast. So uh, we'll see. But, you know, this year, like no other, is going to test this, this program. You know, when Jimbo left like he did, that put a lot of strain on the program. When you had a coach that the university didn't want there for two years, that put a lot of strain on his team. Now you're dealing with a pandemic. And, you know, it's just year after year for this program has been something, man. Um, so I hope Norvell can get these guys pointed in the right direction. I hope they he can build up their fortitude. So they can go out and have a successful season and stay healthy. Um, so, but we'll see what happens. Um, it is what it is. Uh, last segment for this episode. Is the, is the Florida State fan base a fair weather fan base? Without a doubt. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, the last... Three years, 17, 18, 19, have been, like, miserable. But you don't – I didn't I didn't quit on my team. I criticized them. I talked crap about them. But I, I watched every game for the, the – every game that came on TV for the last three years. And Florida State is virtually on TV every week still. Um, but just, just the stadium, and I don't know if that was their way of boycotting, but – you know, I, I look at a program like Clemson and how long they were down, okay? 
before Dabo took over. They were down for a while, a long time, man. Like, they were a good program, but they were not like they are now. Like, you know, the 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 the, the model program for this for the nation. You know, a, you know, basically the program. And when Clemson was down, quote unquote, that stadium was packed every week. So Clemson fan base, they're not a fair weather fan base. They don't they don't leave when times are tough. They don't turn their back on their team when times are tough. But the last three years, that's that's exactly what this fan base has done. And I I don't include myself in that. Because, like I said, I I don't live in Tallahassee, so I if I if I lived in Tallahassee, I would go to the games. <clears throat> I would go try to go to every game. Um, I mean, it's crazy when you play the Florida Gators and you look up in the stands and there's like like thousands of seats empty. Like you're not even gonna support your team against their arch rival. That's crazy. So yeah, this this to me is a fair weather fan base. You only want to stick with this team when they're winning national championships or they're winning conference championships or in the, they're in the college football playoff. That's the only time you want to come around. That's, you know, no, we don't want that. I mean, similar, my pro team is very similar to my college team, the San Francisco 49ers. How long were they down? They they were down basically uh all of the 2000s and then they had a couple of good years what 2011 12 and 13 and then they went back down 14 15 16 17 and 18 they were down and i think they went eight and eight and 15 okay so it was 16 17 18 and then they went to the super bowl this past year so I stuck with them the whole time. I never gave up. I said, this, "These are my boys. I'm gonna rock with them until the end." I mean, I didn't. I didn't stop being a 49ers fan when Jerry Rice left, when Ronnie Lott, when Ronnie Lott left, or when Joe Montana got traded. You know, or the one season Dion was there, I stuck with them the whole time. <clears throat> and I'm pretty sure if if Florida State comes out and wins ten games, oh. I was a Florida State fan. I never left and blah blah blah. I mean, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the stands on TV, man, and it's just it's not adding up. But whatever. Let me know what you think about that segment, man. That's gonna conclude this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. It's available on YouTube, it's available on all podcast platforms. Uh be safe. Be kind, be courteous, please wear a mask, please social distance, please do your research on flu and respiratory viruses, please do research on vitamins. Um, you know, when you go, like I went to Walmart uh, yesterday, they had masks, they had hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer. I didn't go and try to buy the whole darn rack. I said, I'm going to get me two things of hand sanitizer, two things of masks. Because I know there's going to be individuals who's going to need this stuff after me. And you can't beat the pandemic if you have all the the PPE equipment. So just just think about the next person, man. And um, 
thank you for listening once again. I appreciate your support. And as always, go nose.